there's a quote I like it's no excuses today no regrets tomorrow I like this one it's it just says says a lot you gotta do what you gotta do and then when it comes to fight you don't have any regrets uh, one of them is is teaching to get the positive uh, of out of every situation why focus on negative you'll just be depressed and sad and everything so yeah I, I get to see the positive in almost every situation I can never stop if you put me in the square. I square up like a box. Good people, bad intentions. The tail of the tape. See the passion in my eyes. The real ones can relate. I said, I'm a champion. I can never stop if you put me in the square. I square up like a box. Good people, bad intentions. The tail of the tape. See the passion in my eyes. The real ones can relate. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 44 of the Good People, Bad Intentions podcast. My name is Matthew Pine, and our guest this week is Tommy Morrison. And Tommy is a professional MMA fighter who fights out of TriStar Gym in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, and that's headed by Coach Faraz Zahabi. And Tommy has a record of 4-0 as a professional, and he's looking to make it 5-0 uh, September 16th at the... Uh, Teach Capital, where he's going to be going up against Matt Dawson for the Samurai MMA Chapter 8 event. And they're both flyweights. And Tommy is actually the ranked the second uh, flyweight in Quebec at the moment as a pro. And he's ranked number three in all of Canada. So I'm really looking forward to having Tommy on because I've been following him for quite a while. Him, as well as Frank Boxing Coach, make a lot of great content on social media about boxing and, of course, also about MMA now with Tommy. And uh, I've been following them for quite a while, and I would really love to hear more about the relationship that they both have, but also, of course, with having somebody like uh, Coach Faraz, uh, you know, one of the greatest minds of MMA, uh, arguably, and, and from Canada. I'd really love to hear the story of uh, Tommy and his MMA uh, career so far. So without further ado, guys, here's Tommy. Hey, Tommy, welcome to Good People, Bad Intentions. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, how's your summer been? Uh, summer's been uh, pretty simple, training, and that's about it. I know we're going to be talking about an upcoming fight, but before we even start about it, um, are you a student at Concordia University? Yeah, I am in uh, study uh, computer engineering at Concordia University. When does the your your studies resume? Are you on the summer break or? I am right now, but it resume uh, next week, September five. Okay, so you have an upcoming fight September sixteenth. So you're you're getting ready for school. You're getting ready for for another pro fight. Um, let's talk about it for for a little bit. Uh, you got a fight against Matt Dawson, and you're gonna be fighting in, uh, I believe, Saint Jean, Quebec City. Quebec, uh, Quebec City. Yeah. Yeah. At the it's the national, um, the venue is like the national uh, venue. What the? Uh, it's called the Capitol. The Capitol. Yeah. Have you fought in Quebec City before? Never. No. Are you no. looking forward to that? Definitely, yeah. Okay. I've been in Quebec City myself. I'm a huge fan of Quebec City. Um, and I know you're from Montreal, so it's about, what, three hours away from, from where you're at? Two hours and a half. Two hours and a half? Yeah. 
And uh, Matt Dawson, um, I know that you had quite the post-fight kind of promo there, talking about the fight with, with him. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the the animosity that might might be coming between you guys up coming up into this fight? Uh, I mean, this guy was talking shit. He refused to fight me twice, and he started talking shit online. So I had to say something. I'm not normally a cool guy. Don't do that. But you know, if you talk shit and you're the one who refused to fight me twice, then I, I'll I'll do something about it. And yeah, that's why I said what I said. And for the for the flyweights, what what is it like in the flyweights for for the samurai MMA promotion? Is there a lot of uh, on the roster, or is it a pretty tight knit uh, roster for for flyweights? Uh, there's probably uh, from here we have uh, probably like three three fighters, and there's a couple of Mexicans also. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's good. And uh, what do you make of him as a fighter, like going into this fight? What do I make of him? What, uh, yep. what does that mean? Just meaning, like, what what is your sense about what the fight will be like? What are some of his strengths and things that that you assess going into this fight? Uh, he's gonna be aggressive. He's gonna start the fight quickly, aggressively, and he's gonna try to brawl. He's gonna try to take me down, and uh, I'll beat the shit out of him. Uh, w one thing, like I've, I've been following you for a while. Um, when you were a 98 fighter, now you're Tommy Morrison, you're sticking with your real name. Yeah. Um, and I've been following you with work with your work with Frank boxing coach, but I understand that you were an MMA fighter, which was actually kind of crazy to be honest, following you because I was like, I was just thinking you were a boxer. So I'm yeah. seeing all these skills that you're displaying on social media and everything like that. And then let alone, you got this arsenal of all these different martial arts. So what kind of, what was your first martial art getting into uh, your story with fighting? First martial art was Aikido. Okay. Yeah, I started 12 years ago, Aikido. I did Aikido for a year. Uh, I added Judo. I did Judo for a couple of years. I reached blue belt. I was uh, probably like three years four years and yeah on the third or fourth year doing after aikido i added up uh, grappling later added up uh, wrestling boxing kickboxing yeah here i am when you were um at tai long um it, was that when you met frank boxing coach and and uh also the your coach uh Krusak? I met Krusak more, more recently, like uh, probably okay. three years ago, two, three years ago. Okay. But I met Frank six, seven years ago at Tai Long, yeah. And I okay. stick with Frank until, uh, since then. Okay. Um, wow, that's that's quite the uh, the background to be going from Aikido, um, you know, Judo and, and a grappling to striking and, and yeah. whatnot. Um, is there anything that you bring bring to your game from those early years of martial arts experience uh the discipline probably uh, i built it up uh, pretty early and it stick to with me uh to this day and yeah if i'm understanding correctly is aikido about kind of maybe avoiding 
you know, the fights and, and getting out of posi certain positions and that sort of thing? Yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's uh, to use the other one's uh, strength against them. Uh, so, yeah, it's mostly avoiding punches, uh, escapes, and stuff like so. Were you a fan of uh, Steven Seagal? Or any uh, of the I've heard famous... about him. I've heard about him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I, have to, I have to ask there, um, Tommy, because I'm just, like, looking into, you know, 98 Fighter to, to your real name and whatnot. And um, your real name, Tommy Morrison... Uh, there's a boxer that's really well known with the same name. Uh, growing up, were you able to make any connections with that at all, or? Uh, no, I. I mean, I know who he is. I watched some of his fights. I know he played in Rocky Five, and uh, that's about it. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I know your nickname is Rambo. Yeah. He's so his what's gun. What's the story with that? My father and my. Father's friends used to call me Rambo when I was like from five years old until later because uh, I was pretty crazy back then. I was <laughs> before starting a combat sport, I was, yeah, I was pretty crazy. Getting into fights or anything like that? Or? Yeah, mostly, mostly yeah. fighting any, anybody, any weight class. And I was, I was pretty small and yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing you got an outlet now. I mean, I got to say, I'm really always impressed with everything that I've seen um, of you so far. Um, I know talking with Frank and, and, and kind of having, like, I've talked to him quite a bit. I know he really values um, footwork, um, especially with boxing. And I think that's something that's really good for your game because I've seen your in and out uh, footwork. Not only are you able to avoid some punches, but it looks like you're also able to avoid some leg kicks. Um, yeah. in, in MMA. Um, but I'm just curious, like, um, what, what aspects of boxing do you take into MMA because of the fact that there are different threats as well? Uh, the footwork is surely number one. Frank is really good on the footwork. He's been teaching me uh, how to move around, how to control the center, how to put pressure and in and out. And I, I'd say the footwork is number one. And just power punches also, counter punches. Yeah. And do you, like, you have quite a few different coaches that I see that, you know, you go to the different martial arts. And obviously I know that your your head coach now is uh, Frank, uh, sorry, Faraz Zahabi, correct? At sure. TriStar? So do you, do you go and and work on these martial arts separately and then bring them all together into MMA or do you try to incorporate some martial arts together um i do everything separately but sometimes like let's say when i grapple sometimes i put my gloves on and i always have a, the mentality MMA so even in boxing when uh when grappling, I think about ground and pound, being on top, uh, not being on my back, being lazy, like a lot of jiu-jitsu guys are, honestly. I, uh, yeah, it's not my style, but yeah, I, uh, I always think about MMA. You're talking about like the, the butt scooting and, you know, just that sort of thing. You're not a fan of it? No, I'm not a fan of it. I stopped jiu-jitsu competition because I hated leg locks, man. Is that like... Is that a still a, a component though of uh, 
of MMA that you have to be aware of is the leg lock game, or they're just always going for leg lock attacks and submission? Um, leg locks are not really popular in MMA, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like if you do, if you try a leg lock, you probably get ground and pound, and so I don't really believe in leg locks when it comes to MMA, but. I've learned how to defend them and how to do them, and but yeah, it's just not my my best. So if I'm understanding correctly, um, with MMA, there's consequences for certain certain actions, and in sports that don't have those consequences, they'll they'll prioritize on on things that might not be actually practical, like like lock game. You're saying you're gonna get grounded, pounded if you tried to go for it, likely. Yeah, if you if you try. Uh, some submission you can't do in MMA because you'll get punched in the face. So, <laughs> it doesn't always work, man. And every time you get punched in the face, I mean, they say your 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 game or whatnot, it gets you go from from a black belt to a brown yeah. belt, and okay, yeah, it lowers. Um, so uh, we're talking about samurai MMA, and I know you fought on on the promotion quite a few times now. Uh, what's it been like? What's it been like working with them? Uh, amazing. I love Samurai MMA. They do amazing work. It's professional. They treat you well. And yeah, I can't say anything negative about it. You got the Samurai tattoo now too on your on your arm, right? Uh, which one? This? Is it, the one, uh, I think it was, it's like a skull. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Any yeah. connection there? Or are we just uh, living the Samurai life? I thought about it, but uh, I wanted this call with a samurai hat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I can, I, we could say there was a connection. I, I think a samurai is going to be... Uh, I started there, and then I'll be uh, grateful for this uh, all my life, for the opportunity they gave me. Because it was like, I was following you, I was following Zachary Loiseau, and I see both of you, all of a sudden, all these tattoos start accumulating on the arms. I'm like, what's going on? These guys are... <laughs> These guys are elevating their status. They're getting, uh, they're getting their tattoos and whatnot. I really like that. I think you got some really cool tattoos there. Thank you, man. Um, what's it been like working with like Zachary Loiseau and and some of the boxers also that that Frank works with, Johnny and. It's it's always good, man. These guys are really good. They elevate my game. They do, they do only boxing, so they get better at boxing faster than me, of course, but. I like it. They teach me a lot, and uh, I drill a lot with Zach, and I spar with Zach, and it's always good, man. I, I like them a lot. Was there ever a thought process where maybe boxing was something that you were going to pursue as well? Like, I know you've done some amateur fights, but you're a pro in MMA. Was this something that you had you had to consider, maybe fighting pro as a boxer? I know Frank wanted me to... Frank would have enjoyed me only do boxing, but uh, I like MMA, man. I like to ground and pound. I like to take people down, smash them, and yeah, I like uh, MMA better. I know Frank. He's got an MMA background. Have you ever been yeah. able to like make any connections? Because I know he does just boxing now, but have you been able to make any connections between the type of work you do with boxing and and the MMA world with him in particular? Uh, yeah, I think he's doing he's doing the connection and meaning um, he knows what it is, so he can teach me. Uh, always thinking about the fact that I do MMA and not boxing, so that's why I really like Frank. He's smart. He's uh, 
yeah, he thinks a lot and he's really good. And I know also, um, I'm always curious because, um, you know, Faraz Zahabi is another great coach from the area. Um, what's it been like working with him? Because I know a lot of people describe his mindset and his philosophy to be really uh, a great one. What has it been like working with him as well? Uh, I love working with Fias. He's always uh, always have good points to say. Always have uh, he makes good game plans. He he's when he's in your corner, you feel a certain energy that brings you up, and I appreciate Fias a lot. And you're at TriStar when you're when you're with him. Um, obviously, some of the greats, George Saint Pierre being one of them. Um, I know George is at a different point of his uh, of his career now, where he's retired, and 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 I think I've seen him working at other gyms as well. But uh, what can you just kind of describe what the atmosphere is like in TriStar in 2023? Like, what is it like um, in this new era at TriStar? It's just a room full of killers. So you go there, you spar, and people respect each other. Uh, people teach each other. It's a good mentality. It's a big family. And yeah, I know I, I've heard some stuff about TriStar that back in the days it used to be like more hard sparring and stuff like so, but today is not the case. Uh, the guys respect each other a lot. And yeah, it's amazing. It's a good team. And, uh, yeah, so I guess that's a, a good way to, to go into to wondering. There is a reputation in Montreal of it being kind of the fight capital of Canada, and, and there is a lot of hungry people who are trying to get on some of the national teams or in, in the pro sports. They're trying to, to do really well in, in boxing and, and in MMA. Um, and you're from Montreal, correct? Mm -hmm. What has it been like in this atmosphere? Because I don't think a lot of people understand. See, I'm from Nova Scotia here. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I've heard like when people from Nova Scotia go to Montreal, they're not used to just how hungry a lot of people are and, and wanting to, to do really well in the sport. So what, what is that like just going through that and everybody wanting to be the pinnacle of their sport in Canada? Uh, I think it's pretty good since... Uh, my mentality is you're like the people you hang out with. So if everybody around you is hungry, you're going to be hungry. And that's why TriStar is, is amazing. Everybody's hungry. Everybody wants to succeed. Everybody wants to be successful and be the best. So, yeah. What's the best uh, food place around there? Because I know a lot of people like to talk about post-fight meals. What's the best place to go? Uh, I have a fried chicken place. It's called Dawa. It's amazing, man. If you like fried chicken, that's the best place. <laughs> Definitely. That's the, I'm going there after my fight for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, so can we kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what is some keys that you have for balancing the fact that you're a student and I imagine in a fairly difficult program and then also in a very difficult profession, like how do you balance all of that stuff? I take, uh, it's, it, it's hard to balance, but it's you make a schedule, you got to be uh, organized, you got to make your schedule and respect it. Uh, I only take three classes, I say only, but it's still a lot, but yeah, three classes instead of the regular schedule, which should be five. Uh, 
and that's about it, man. I, I study when I can. I train, but I prioritize training. And, yeah. Did you, Listen. when you started studying um, computer engineering, was in the back of your mind still that you wanted to be a pro fighter? And that's probably, like, is this is this just a way of you having a backup plan? Or was this something that you you want to do and pursue after your professional career or simultaneously or uh, I want to be a pro fighter more than anything uh, but you know the sport is it's hard sport you, you can your career can end tomorrow or anything can happen so I need to have a degree and something for the after because your career is not until 50 years old it's uh, you know 30 35 40 max and so yeah, I need to have a, a life afterwards, so computer engineering seems pretty uh, pretty good for it. Maybe you're going to be working on some of the uh, the boxing-related or MMA-related technologies in the future. Amazing. Some of the, it's crazy what, uh, what's, what's being made now and, and everything. Um, so I guess what I wanted to ask is you're – one thing that I really appreciate you beyond just your skill and beyond just the fact that you're willing to talk to me and you're willing to give me time of your day to do media. I really appreciate that again. Uh, is your memes, your meme, meme Lord. You're great <laughs> at, at the memes. And, uh, you know, I think you've got a really good, um, taste for memes and a really good, uh, um, you make really good memes as well. And I know, uh, you know, you've been posting some uh, that have been doing really well recently with like uh, Franco uh, Pana and, and, you know, the whole uh, body kick uh, kind of thing. Where do you get these ideas? Where does it come from? Honestly, man, uh, this idea came on the, right after training. We said we have to do a funny video. And Franco came up with the idea or... Yeah, I'm not sure who came up, but I think Franco did, and I posted it, and it got 2.3 million views. I doubled my followers, and yeah, this video went crazy. And then you got the the whole perfume thing, where he's smelling the perfume and a kiss on the forehead, and <laughs> I just love, I just love the, you know, the play, the play with 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 everything, and not taking it that serious because it's yeah. a very serious sport, as you know. So. In some ways, is that that how you kind of balance things? Is having those funny moments so that when you're in a room with killers, they're trying to beat each other up. You get those moments to relax a little bit. Definitely, I think we have a really good chemistry where we train like savages and we laugh and we love each other, and it just makes it more and more fun. And you know, you go to training, you want to go to to training, so that I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really find it entertaining. I'm really happy for you and all the success that these types of videos have been made because I think it, if anything, it resonates with a lot of people and and uh, definitely resonates with me and, and I find it hilarious. And yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I don't think a lot of people are at that level with their, with their partners or their training partners where they can just have fun and kind of just mess around and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's easy to have fun with Franco. It's pretty funny, man. It's really funny. Um, so I wanted to to kind of recognize a couple things. I know um, looking looking at some of your past posts, I know you've been 
at some of the the best uh, training facilities alongside where you're at. Like you've been, uh, I believe, at American Top Team in the past. And I know that you've also been at the UFC PI. Yep. Um, and I know that you were um, with uh, Manel Cap Cabe. You were training with him. And he was supposed to be fighting against Kaikar France, uh, UFC 293, but I guess he had a concussion, and now he's going against yeah. uh, Felipe Dos Santos. And yeah. I'm just curious, like, what was it like, that experience where you're working with some people in the UFC that are very close to the top? It's it's amazing. Uh, it's I'm grateful for it to be able to train with these guys and for them to... Uh, tell me uh, I'm good I'm doing good and to keep working and that I'm on the right path uh, yeah it just feels uh, it's motivating and I'm grateful really grateful for it what were some of the uh, without without giving all the secret stuff uh, for his fight but what were some uh, features about uh, Manel that you were able to pick up on just just uh, training with him uh, this guy is uh, he has a crazy style he control a punch from everywhere, uh, he's dancing, it feels like he's dancing and uh, beating the shit out of you at the same time, so also he's really pretty strong uh, physically, so yeah, I think uh, he's he's doing really well. And, you know, I've seen that you've actually had some shoutouts, um, you had Teofimo, Lopez, uh, yeah. and you even had Brandon Moreno uh, give you some shoutouts ahead of uh, Diego the Diego Silva fight. Yeah. Um, so, like, do you feel like all this is kind of coming together now that you're going to the PI? You're you're seeing all the fighters. Does it feel way more achievable if you wanted to go to the UFC in the future? Uh, well, I'll, I'll be in the UFC in the future. I think it's achievable. It's really doable. I just gotta work. I just gotta get experience in, and that's what I'm doing. So I'll I'll get there. You had a very um, busy schedule in MMA as a pro. Uh, I know that there was some cancellations that I don't believe were on your on your side, uh, but tell me a little bit about that. Like, what is it like when you're fighting month to month and and that sort of thing? Like, uh, are you able to to keep that type of schedule for a long period of time, or does it take a big toll out of you? Uh, I'm able to keep it. It takes most of my time. It's discipline. That's all I do, and. I, I sacrifice a lot for the sport. Like times, uh, I don't go out like that often, stuff like so. When I when a fight's coming up, but the thing is, uh, I try to balance it. Like whenever I have time to go see my friends, I see my friends. After a fight, I take a week off. Uh, I try to uh, go on trips, and yeah, so it just makes it fun so that when I get back to training uh, I've had my mind elsewhere so yeah have you had many like injuries in your in your career like is this luckily no I never had a big injury I my biggest injury was for a week and it wasn't anything broken it was just sore soreness so yeah I take care of my body I take real good care of my body uh, I do recovery I sleep well, I eat well, uh, I stretch, I have massages every week, so yeah. I see you're doing the the compost bin uh, uh, ice bath. 
Um, yeah. I'm assuming that that's an ice bath compost bin, like dedicated. It's not the one that. It's not no, the one no, for no. your house. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I washed it and I use it only for as ice, ice okay. baths. Great. Yeah. Great. Don't worry. Uh, but but what what's what's that like? Uh, I know that's been a huge trend that um, a lot of fighters have been using for their recovery. So, is this something that uh, you've seen a huge difference in your recovery times by using the ice bath? Yeah, uh, it's the worst, man. <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. Um, both mentally and physically, it's amazing. Uh, doing something you hate, but it's good for you. So. You win. It's a win-win situ situation. So, this is kind of a, a light-hearted question, but um, kind of what 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 type of uh, hobbies outside the sport do you have? Like, what are some things that you like to do if you're not studying for school and you're not uh, trying to hurt people? None, man. None? <laughs> I don't have much time, but if I, because whenever I have time, I spend it with my family or my friends. So, yeah, that's about it. I don't have any uh, hobbies uh, outside the sports and school. What's your friends and family think about what you do? They, they at first, uh, to this day, my mother is scared about it, but she supports me. All my family supports me a lot. My friends are always at my fights since back in the days, since my amateur career. Uh, everybody around me is really supportive and uh, I, I'm really grateful for that. I always wonder this myself, but what's it like when you have tape of a fight and you go to your family and you get to show your family like, hey, you know, in this situation I won or whatnot. Like, what is that like when you have those those moments, those highlights that you could go to people and, and say, this is me, I'm a fighter. Like, what is that like? My family already knows I'm a fighter, okay. so they all, all see my fights and everything, but I'm a pretty uh, humble guy. I don't show much state to people like I meet in the, not in the street, but like from friends to friends. Uh, normally they find out I'm a fighter after meeting me. I don't, I don't tell them or they found out looking at my, my ears, but yeah, I don't really talk about it and, uh, yeah, I keep it to myself, and if they find out, uh, they look at my Instagram, and they can see a lot of tapes over there, yeah. That's, uh, in many ways, that's kind of uh, being respectful to the traditional martial arts way, because I know, like, back in the day, like, people that did martial arts, they didn't really like to tell a whole lot of people what they're doing, and, and then you get the opposite now, where some people, it's like, they wear it like a coat wherever they go that they're a fighter so yeah. that's cool that you have that kind of uh wolf in sheep's clothing kind of vibe uh about you that's that's good to that's good to have you get to have those normal interactions with people and them yeah. not treating you differently or, or whatnot exactly. um what do you what type of uh what type of training music do you like to listen to uh, my demons, man. Your demons. So I don't. I don't listen to music. That's. You don't listen don't to listen, music. Not not when training, man. But uh, when when I'm on the road, I do listen. Like when I, I'm always on the road because I always gotta go train uh, three times a day. So I'm always in my car. But then I listen to music. But when training, I don't listen to music. 
Wow, because uh, I suppose that in many ways that simulates what a real fight is like, and the fact that you don't have that yeah. to to be behind you or one. Is that kind of what the reasoning behind that? You're not trying to get that false energy or whatnot from from music. Yeah, yeah, it is. And uh, sometimes when I roll jujitsu, there's there's music sometimes, but not often. If there is, it's it's cool, but I don't even hear it. But uh, yeah kind of impacts your movement a little bit when you're listening to music you're kind of doing things yeah able to be timed they're they're listening to a 50 cent song and all of a sudden you can you could see the guy's head movement he's you know going to that song or it could be good but it could be not good also yeah okay. um tell me what are some what are some lessons i know this is kind of a very loaded difficult question but um you know i can even share with you something that frank had uh shared with me that I really, I really liked, but what are some kind of pieces of wisdom that kind of stick, to, stick with you from any of your coaches or any of your, uh, training partners? Um, I'd say like, uh, there's a quote I like, it's no excuses today, no regrets tomorrow. So I like this one. It's it just says, says a lot. Uh, you got to do what you got to do, and then when it comes to fight, you don't have any regrets. You've done everything you have to do. You had to do. Uh, also, Frank made me read some books. Uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, some good books that teach me. Like uh, one of them is is teaching to get the positive uh, of out of every situation. Like. You have no choice but to like why focus on negative. You'll just be depressed and sad and everything. So yeah, I, I think that stick with me. I get I, I get to see the positive in almost every situation. So that's good. Because I I wanted to share something that he brought up um, because I, I really liked it. But he was talking a little bit about uh, this hypothetical scenario. Maybe he brought this up to you. So maybe I'm just repeating something. But for those listening, maybe they'll get something out of it. But he just talked about this scenario about, uh, um, I think it was for about, about faints. Um, but it's the idea that you get this alien and he's evading, uh, uh, the world or the earth. And basically, um, the army decides to send a bunch of, uh, uh, helicopters to this alien and they all get shot down. So, what he decides, what you decide to do next is the general or whatnot is you just send one uh, jet down. And when the one jet goes down and doesn't get shot, well, then you kind of expose a, a vulnerability. And then you send all of the jets at one, at one time towards the alien. He was trying to use this as a, I guess an, an allegory or whatnot about, you know, faints and how you kind of are seeing the reaction of your opponent sending one thing and when they're not properly um, reacting to it, it's when you start sending that all the time. Yeah, Frank is pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, he has interesting thoughts sometimes and I, I like it a lot. I mean, you always come up with some stuff that, you never thought of and 
hope I hope I'm not like I hope I'm not this is like not something he was gonna put in a book or something and here I am just <laughs> selling it for free but might write a book sometimes man he reads he, so much books man so he does man yeah yeah um and that's cool that you have somebody like him somebody like Faraz again I'm I'm really envious because these people um in my opinion are some of the greatest uh minds in both sports right now um yeah. I know, I know with Frank, I, I think he wants to get to that point where he has a lot more uh, pro, pro fighters and, and to test himself in that, in that side. Uh, and I know Zachary is, is now a pro, um, yeah. and that's been an interesting time for him. And I think Zach has been there with him one of the longest times, I guess, with, yeah. as, a co- as a coach. Um, so, yeah, so I just wanted to – I know we, we kind of – talked about this at the beginning but I'd, I'd like to to kind of go back to it a little bit um so again this upcoming fight september 16th with uh with matt dawson um you said you said that you're expecting him to kind of come out um fast um are you somebody that looks looks past opponents and and tries to plan for the future or or are you trying to just focus on on him uh the 16th for for your career uh, you mean like do I uh, do I plan fights after this? Yes, this one? because of how because of of how frequent your fights tend to be. Is this something that it just naturally happens these these upcoming fights? Uh, my father does that. My father is my manager. Okay, and uh, he does that. He he plans a fight, but right now I'm focusing on one fight. Yes, one goal, and yeah, that's it. Can we talk about your past fight? I mean, what are what were some things that stood out to you um you went against uh francisco ramirez and it was a Mm -hmm. unanimous decision on your part what were some things that uh kind of you you kind of identify with that fight um i did i did really good Uh, i didn't finish him but it's not the end of the world so i know uh I had put a lot of pressure on my uh, on myself to finish this fight before then, but now I don't have any pressure. Whatever comes comes. If it 15 minutes, I'm ready. I have the cardio for it. I have the strength. I have technical, and I'm ready for anything. But yeah. Do you feel like every fight? Um... Are you becoming more and more comfortable, or do you already feel comfortable in the cage? I'm more and more comfortable, definitely. I know uh, compared to my first fight, I'm a total different fighter. And I get to show more weapons I have because I've been training for 12 years, man. So I have quite the weapons and I just I haven't showed them all yet. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to, I'm getting comfortable enough to do it now. What was your first fight like? Like, can you just go back to maybe your performance there or how you felt uh, going into the cage for the first time? It was calm. It was composed. It was technical. I was, I went for the win. I scored some takedowns when I needed to be scored. And that's how I won. That's how I did most of my fights, actually just uh, being the, being smart about it and calm and yeah, that's how I won all my four fights decisions. But I won all four, man. So I don't, I don't really care. Well, the thing I so 
I, I don't know where you place on here, but I do realize that decisions like when you're when you're dominating a fighter and then you're mm. winning by decision. Uh, I've heard some people say I, I know everybody wants to finish and it's it's exciting or whatever, but I have heard that that that, that does demand its own um, skill and things to get to that point. Right. Because uh, I know people think like, oh, like somebody won by decision, whatever. But um, sometimes you fight people that are just, they can't be finished. Yeah. Ramirez was solid. Uh, my last fight, I, I had his back. I was back. I had a backpack. I had a body triangle on him for like 13 minutes out of 15. So uh, I tried the, I was trying to choke mostly. He was good at defending it. I didn't try anything fancy, any armbar, anything, because I know I was winning a fight. I didn't want to do anything that could cost me the fight that was not worth it. So I went for the decision, and I knew I was going to win. So Talking about, um, like, this is where my mind kind of went, I'm not trying to be distracted here. Did you watch the fight with uh, Neil Magny and Ian Gary that happened not too long ago? Did you watch that fight? No. Okay. Uh, cause he, he, uh, I think he would, he had probably like nine or 10, uh, chances to finish that fight. And, uh, you know, yeah. he's the, the future of, uh, of the sport. Right. And, uh, it's kind of like, it's a very, very difficult thing. Um, when you have, like when sometimes people have an opportunity to finish the fight, but they don't, but this guy had like, he, when he was fighting Neil Magny, he was like, Neil Magny was going on the ground. And he kept getting him to come up and whatnot, but but there was, like people were, I think people were kind of frustrated with that. Did you watch? Yeah. Did you watch that? You didn't watch that fight? No, maybe I did, but I, like the names don't. I don't put any faces on the names, so. I don't know. Did you watch the Daniel Dubois Alexander Usyk fight, boxing? Uh, this weekend. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. Was it, uh, what's, what's your take? Was it a low blow or is this just a very close? It, it was a low blow. Yeah. Okay. Cause I think it was a low blow. Everybody, I swear, like everybody was like that fight. They were thinking about, uh, if it was a low blow or not. You want to know what I was thinking yeah. about with the shorts? His shorts is dad, mom on the back. That's the whole time I was thinking about that more than the, this controversy. So I don't know yeah. why he's got dad, mom on the back. Maybe he's like both, uh, his family. But like, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. like, I was watching, um, I was like, what is this? Why does he have this on the back of his shorts? <laughs> he's got some interesting, talk about management. He's got some interesting management, I think. Yeah. To get these things on his back of his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, okay. What, uh, what? What fighters do you look up to, or stylistically, or or whatnot that that you maybe maybe want to kind of emulate, or or I know I know one thing I've noticed with your posts is that you want to be your own fighter, but what are some people that you kind of look up to? Uh, Habib, GSP, in terms of wrestling and being smart in the cage. Uh, recently, O'Malley, I love how he. He can beat a wrestler just by staying away, controlling distance, counter punching. Really good for for that. So uh, I'd say these three are ones I I look up to. 
You mentioned the backpack, and I thought about Al Jermaine when you said that, and I know he lost to Sean O'Malley in the second round. Um, yeah. What do you think about, you know, like, do you think he still has the ability to become champion again? As a, like, because I feel like a lot of people are writing him off now after this loss to O'Malley. Yeah, he, he'll have to adjust his game plan and his... Uh... Don't overthrow, man. Don't overthrow against a striker when you're a wrestler. So, yeah. Because I think it was... I think I've seen DC or somebody that was talking about how he was making up the distance. He's trying to close the distance. But instead of walking, he was punching. And, like, I think... Uh, I, I don't know if you can maybe... If, if, you under, if you're able to better explain that. But I guess he was trying to say that Aljo was really just um, overextending there, trying to cover distance with a punch and, and exposing himself that way. Is that kind of how you looked at it too? Yeah, that's what I saw. He went for a straight and like he was going to make a step. So he, he overthrew and he saw the punch coming. He closed his eyes. He knew it was coming, man. It was too late. <laughs> and, and how do you assess... The counterpunching of O'Malley to somebody like McGregor, because I know that a lot of people like to make parallels, and especially this was like the orthodox version of Aldo. Yeah. Um, what what do you kind of assess his abilities to be like? I uh, just the uh, it was pretty similar to to McGregor with uh, Aldo, and actually it's crazy how similar it was. Just a step back, straight, and knockout. And yeah, I think about doing that too, man. If he if he tries to wrestle me, I'll I'll punch him for sure, man. Yeah, cause um, I just I just love I gotta say I really love your style. I love how you're able to to move in and out a lot. I know you've worked hard to get to that skill. Um, you probably like doing that skill. Have you really had to develop your legs? Like like is that a lot of uh? That must be a lot, lot of work on your legs to be moving in and out like that all the time. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, I, I got used to it, so that's good. But if you start when you start doing it, it's gonna be hard for sure. It's always bouncing around, always moving. You gotta, you gotta work on it too for it to be uh, comfortable for you. And even in the fight, I feel like it could do it for fifteen minutes with no worries, because uh, I practiced it so much. So I know we're getting to the, the end of um, this podcast with you, uh, Tommy. And I just wanted to give you kind of uh, a platform. I know that um, anybody listening, I know that you've been um, looking for some sponsorships for your upcoming fight. Um, what are some of the best ways that people can get a hold of you if they want to get you as a sponsor or sponsor sponsor you? Uh, they can write me on Instagram. And yeah, it's, it's the best way to... They can look up my Instagram and then... I think it's. I have an interesting profile, and I share good values, uh, motivation, motivational stuff, and uh, then they can write me on Instagram, and I have a presentation I can send them. So, yeah. Perfect. And any anything that uh, I didn't cover that you wanna any shout outs, anything like that? Uh, I just shout out to everybody I train with. Shout out to my family. Shout out for to you for having me on this podcast. 
And yeah, man, I appreciate it. It was nice talking to you. And thank you. Thank you so much there, Tommy, for coming on. Appreciate it. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. A couple things to take home. Tommy doesn't like to listen to music while he's training. I mean, I don't blame him because really you get to have some cool entrance music when you get into the cage. But once those cage doors close, you can't really listen to music. I love music, but I get where he's coming from. So when he's driving to and from all these locations and all these sessions that he's having, he's going to be pumping the tunes. But when he's in the gym, he's not. And I, I totally respect and understand that. Uh, that's cool. I didn't know that he had an Aikido background and... You know, I, I always think about Steven Seagal um, when we're thinking about Aikido. But, you know, uh, for some of the listeners who's been here from, from day one might know that I have a karate background myself. And I know that um, traditional martial arts do like to integrate some things of Aikido and in, in, in some, some capacity. And I also understand that Aikido, I believe, is something that the police force in Japan has used in the past. And I know some people are kind of in debates on the practicality and that thing of the martial arts, but I do really appreciate um, that Tommy seems to have a very traditional martial arts background. He's talking about how he doesn't really like to boast and, and uh, he tries to be humble about the fact that he's a fighter. And uh, I can do nothing but respect that. Uh, so I really enjoyed this episode with Tommy and I wish him nothing but the best. And guys, if you're looking for a fighter to sponsor, if you're somebody that has a business, um, he might be a really great a great person to sponsor because uh, everything that this guy's doing is popping off and doing a great job. And, and like I say with the memes, they're just hilarious and, and really lighthearted. And I just love the community that it seems to that he's building around himself as far as his training. Uh, training partners and he said it his family and and his friends and and whatnot so that's that's really great and uh yeah so if you guys enjoyed this uh podcast episode i strongly recommend if you're listening to the podcast on your preferred podcasting platform that you subscribe to it and so that way when a new episode comes out you won't miss it of course there's also the option you can leave a rating so that way if you like the episode you can let us know if you didn't like it you can also let us know and if you're watching this on YouTube, of course, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. So that way, when new episodes come out, you won't miss it. You can also leave a like, dislike, you can also comment. All these things, just let us know, me, me, let me know uh, what you guys think. And, you know, if there's any uh, improvements that you'd like to see or, or anything that you're not seeing uh, so far in the program, I'd love to hear that feedback. It's really great. And uh, another thing that I'm looking at doing uh, going forward is when I have an episode, I'm going to try and make some clips and post those because I know everybody can't really sit through uh, 45 minutes to an hour of a podcast episode, especially with how things are right now and how busy people's lives are. I mean, school is going to be starting real soon for me, and that's going to be a challenge in and of itself. But I really want to stay committed to this, guys, and, and putting out the, the episodes and, and following fighters and their stories. So, yeah, I guess that's it for me, guys. Whatever time you're listening to this, if you're doing your dishes, if you're walking your dog, I hope you're having a good day. If not, I hope this episode can maybe change that a little bit by getting some information, some knowledge passed down to you. And as always, guys, I hope you have a good rest of your, yeah, your day. Take care. Bye. Yo, the ring general, sweet science deep like a mineral. You can see the hunger in my interviews. Peep the
interlude this is just a preview give you all i got put the past in the rear view my team ready the theme steady got bad intentions like i seem petty still a good dude stay humble never messy never crumble under pressure i'm shining like god bless me